Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Ghost Spider Groupies, the podcast dedicated to Gwen Stacy of Earth 65, also known as Spider Gwen and Ghost Spider, where we review her comics, discuss news, and give our opinions about all things Gwen 65. I'm Abigail. And I'm Kurt. Today, we are joined by a special guest, Laura, aka at Laura's Lesbian from Comics Twitter. Hello, thanks for having me. We're glad to have you on, Laura. Yeah, super cool. Uh, so before we get into our comic book discussion, as we do every week, we give everybody an update on the news, which there isn't a lot of this week. There is, however, a slight delay to the Gwen vs. Carnage trade paperback. We uh, previously reported it'd be coming out a bit earlier, but it's been pushed back to 21st of July now. Um, so Maybe the printer ran out of paper, just like with Venom number 200. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, We'll see what's happening with that. But yeah, 100%, if you're looking forward to that, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come out a bit later. Blame Marvel, blame the printers, blame all of the people who are already pre-ordering it, which is causing the printers to run out of paper, for sure. Whatever works. But but yeah, that's the Gwen news this week. It's a, it's a slower week. Um, so yeah, getting into comics discussion. Uh, we are doing all new Wolverine annual number one which may come as a bit of a shock because of course everybody knows we're currently reviewing gwen's main solo series uh which is um where we do all of the spider gwen titles first uh but right now we're sort of taking a break from that main run while we cover things set in the pre spider women status quo so not to get into too much of that event things change up a lot for gwen and what we're doing is we're bouncing about between a couple of different annuals that were set with the pre spider woman sort of era for gwen last week we did spider gwen annual number one which was a sort of anthology issue that looked at you know like crazy cast of earth 65 and that sort of stuff but again also the pre spider woman status quo for gwen this week we're looking at I think the only non-Spider-Gwen title crossover in at least our main look at Gwen's solo stuff in the all-new Wolverine annual number one, which is a team-up between Spider-Gwen and all-new Wolverine, which is the best Wolverine, which is Laura Kinney, uh, not Logan, uh, for those not in the loop. If you want to know where to buy, if you want to know what to read, we're going to put all the details and links in the description. Um, if you already have the collection from last week, which is Spider-Gwen Volume 3 Long Distance, it will already include all-new Wolverine Annual Number 1. Uh, so that's really cool. And another thing that's really interesting is that there is a there is a massive, and I, I mean, mean this massive, all-new Wolverine Omnibus, that, that whole run, which is very, very, very cool, very, very good run. I recommend you read it uh, as soon as you finish Spider-Gwen Go Spider. Very, very interesting. And and that also includes all new Wolverine Annual number one. It's all that sort of era for Laura Kinney and her supporting cast, Gabby Kinney, etc. Um, so yeah, sort of getting into that, uh, let's give it a bit of background to Laura Kinney and all new Wolverine because we, we have our resident Laura expert here in Laura, who's Laura as well as two Lauras, uh, I guess. Um, so so what, what is going on with Logan? Is, you know, what's, what's he up to at the moment? Well, as of uh, this current issue that we're talking about, Logan has died. He sacrificed himself, uh, I'm fairly sure, by encasing himself. And he ended up encased in adamantium and he died. Uh, Since then, Laura Kinney, his daughter, uh, has become the all-new Wolverine. And she also has a clone sister uh, named Gabby, who's about 13. And... She 
has a pet Wolverine, an actual Wolverine that she uh, named Jonathan that she loved to bring around. It's neat. So like, so like uh, Laura's like a, like a clone of, of Logan? Well, at first she was uh, from a narrative standpoint, but uh, after a recent retcon, uh, during this whole Logan dying, it was found out that uh, Laura actually is a direct daughter of Wolverine, not a clone genetically. Oh, very cool. Very cool. So all those people on Twitter who are always replying asterisk X23 when everybody talks about Laura Kinney being Wolverine, that they're actually not right? No. Okay. All right. I will, I will bear that in mind. Absolutely. So yeah, we've got it. We've got that sort of really neat that little cast there. So Laura Kinney, the Wolverine, Gabby Kinney, uh, who is Honey Badger, and of course, Jonathan, the actual Wolverine. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Just a full-on pet actual Wolverine. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. I love it. I love it. Um, so last week we trialed it, and I think it's worked out pretty well, uh, where we do a synopsis, where I sit down and write a synopsis of the issue. <laughs> Uh, we read that, and then we actually talk about our thoughts and opinions about what happens in it, and what we liked, and what we didn't like, and the different character work, and other trivia to do with the comic book. So we sort of separate out our our summary of the book, and our opinions and thoughts and considerations about the book. So we're going to get into that. Uh, we're going we're gonna to start reading that now. I'm, I'm going to start reading the synopsis. Uh, okay, so the issue opens on... Gabby Kinney, Honey Badger, giving Jonathan the actual Wolverine a mask to, and I quote, protect his secret identity. After a bright flash from the other room, Gabby checks to see if her sister Laura, the Wolverine, is okay only for Laura, in quotation marks, to panic and jump out of the window. It goes horribly wrong as Laura lands in a car below. Gabby goes to see what the fuss is about, while Laura explains that she is in fact called Gwen Stacy. We cut to Earth-65 where MJ is shouting at the real Gwen, who has suddenly forgotten how to play the drums and control her spider powers. Gwen panics and runs outside where George Stacy picks her up and takes her home. Gwen is still confused and considers the possibility that Jean Grey or Emma Frost could be messing with her mind. While the two try to work this one out, Reed Richards of Earth-65 shows up saying that he has detected an anomaly an interdimensional rift, and that Gwen needs to get her Spider-Woman suit and come with him. Reed further reveals that he's aware that Gwen, whom we can safely assume is actually Laura in Gwen's body at this point, has had her consciousness transported between dimensions, and that she needs to travel back to Earth-616 and fix this within three hours or run the risk of becoming brain dead. Back at their apartment, Gabby is skeptical of Gwen's claims that she is trapped in Laura's head and considers the possibility that Laura merely hit her head too hard earlier and is taking some time to heal. At the same time, Gwen hallucinates Wolverhampton, a Wolverine-like counterpart to Spider-Ham, who helps her to draw the same conclusion that her mind has been transported across dimensions. At this point, Laura, sent back to Earth-616 with Reed's help, arrives back at her apartment and for the first time she and Gwen meet. They agree to work together to work out how to fix their predicament and using Wolverine's enhanced senses begin tracking their attacker. Realizing the potential chaos of body swapping again but this time with Gabby or Jonathan, Laura sends the two back home. Using Spider-Woman's strength, they break into the underground base of the attacker. The two set off booby traps but escape barely thanks to Spider-Sense. Enter the Red Hornet. Gwen and Laura try to fight back, but Laura can't operate the web shooters properly and is incapacitated. 
Enraged by the attack and the whole ridiculous Freaky Friday situation, Gwen vows to cut the Red Hornet out of their armor, but only manages to stab herself in the face with Wolverine claws. Disgusted by the gore, Red Hornet takes off her mask and vomits. Now revived somewhat, Laura demands an explanation from their attacker, who explains that it was a misunderstanding and that she was actually targeting Logan, the original Wolverine who killed her uncle Eddie. Oh, I should have looked at the pronunciation. McDonough? McDonough? McDonough. McDonough. Oh, no, I'm, I felt like I was saying it wrong. Oh, no. Okay, the Hornet. He's just the Hornet. He was a kind and sympathetic uncle, so she took the loss hard where she vowed to exile Logan from this dimension, having not realized he was now dead. Red Hornet explains that she can send Laura to Earth-65, where she can then re-swap their minds again so they end up in the right bodies. After a brief goodbye, Laura is teleported and their minds are swapped again. Red Hornet reintroduces herself as Melinda to a dazed Laura Kinney now in the right body. Gathering herself, Laura offers Red Hornet the chance to do real good for a change, but Melinda dodges the question and sends Laura back to her apartment to a pleased Gabby Kinney. And that's her issue. That's all new Wolverine annual number one. And yeah, so let's, let's talk about it. So, so it's quite like uh, it's, it's Freaky Friday, right? It's like that, that whole kind of situation, right? Yeah, it was even a reference to that Ultimate Spider-Man 2 parter where Peter and Logan swapped minds, but they didn't know how they got there in the first place. Yeah, yeah, 100%. That's uh, that, that original uh, Bendis comic. So yeah, there's, um, there's a couple of new characters in Houston here. Uh, there's uh, Reed Richards, who, okay, so... So there's a little bit of a continuity thing. Uh, Reed Richards only shows up in Spider-Women, uh, but judging by Gwen's power set, this is definitely pre-Spider-Women. So I don't know. We're going to talk more about Reed Richards in that episode. We'll talk about what his deal is and his power set is. But, but, but yeah, he's he's cool. He's He knows his stuff. He's apparently got a spaceship here, which is fun. That's cool. They think it's a UFO to begin with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get more into Reed, I think in future stuff but but yeah he's he's very much um he's very much like a teenager he's a lot, he's a lot younger uh than than the standard reed richards and he's not been zapped he's not stretchy he's not you know he's just he's just very very clever kid that that's his whole shtick uh at least at this point anyway but yeah this, this is this is definitely a lot more light-hearted i think than a lot of like spidey gwen and all new wolverines other stuff which can go a bit heavier this is the, got a lot of gags in it what, what was everybody's favorite like jokes and funny moments i don't know if if you two have specific moments that you that you like, or I uh I really enjoy all the physical comedy that goes on with the drawings of how Gwen, while she's in Laura's body, she sits down with the tea and has this sort of pose like, oh, what's going on? And uh, her fingers get all mangled when she jumps onto the uh, car at the beginning. It's just a lot of little subtle uh, physical comedy. I really enjoy in this. Yeah, I, I love that. Yeah, and I also have to agree with the other point of physical comedy where Gwen accidentally stabbed herself in the face with Laura's claws because Laura's trying to warn her to keep her fists out of her face, but she was too late and um, she made herself basically barbecue. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Kebabbed. That was the word I was looking for. Kebab. Like, it even reminded me of, like, when they adapted the Peter Logan swap in the uh, Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon, like Peter in Logan's body kept stabbing himself, and oh, right. yeah, 
yeah, it kind of reminded me of that situation. All right, I I definitely remember watching that cartoon. That's but I I don't remember. That was crazy. That's like yeah. after every time Peter stabbed himself, there would always be a please stand by, uh, intermission. <laughs> oh right, okay, yeah. I I like this because it does um it's, it does that sort of like where it cuts away from the stabbing event like it, it it's just it's laura's reaction yeah it's just gwen. the snicked yes yeah and and it's like uh she just falls down yeah yeah, yeah. and it's just like it, it leaves it completely to the imagination you just see everybody's reactions 100 percent. it's yeah it's very funny um i also liked uh wolverhampton we, we never see him again but but i thought he was very interesting I, I have to say that although I do live in England, never been to Wolverhampton. Never, never, never done that. Um, like oh, when I first saw Wolverhampton, I thought it meant the Hamptons, like that neighborhood in New York. Oh, I see. Yeah, I no. believe those are based off of the uh, European counterparts. Possibly, possibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wolverhampton. I only really know it as a football team, to be honest, because they. I think they're in the Premier League. At least they were for a long time. Um, and yeah, they were a big. They were a big football team here. I think they live. I think it's further down south, though. So it's, it's kind of out of the way for me. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, interesting that there really isn't a lot of ham, Wolverine portmanteaus, and that it is the only thing that they could come up with. Like they sort of admit that within the comic. Um, so that's that's interesting. But uh, remember Wolverhampton's concern that even though he's imaginary, Jonathan can sniff him. Yeah, that's uh, disconcerting. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Tom Taylor always wait, did. He did he sort of try and hint that in some way Jonathan was more than just a regular Wolverine? Is is that, am I right in saying that? I don't believe we know where Squirrel Girl gave Laura Jonathan. Uh, she showed up one day with Jonathan. I I do think, however, later it's established uh, in an issue with Deadpool that Jonathan was being experimented on and was saved from a, a facility. Uh, I could be wrong on that. It's been a bit, but that that's what I recall. That's, yeah, I think that would explain it because he's, he's more than your average Wolverine, I think. You know, he's... He he's got an extra he's 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 got extra street smarts at least he he can sense these hallucinations, um, which is which is wild. Um, there's another thing that was pointed out to me um, was that the cover here to only Wolverine Annual Number One, which is this very fun sort of shaded uh, like a, like a beige yellow and black, where Gabby and Laura and Gwen and Jonathan are all sort of walking cool like towards the camera they're all wearing sunglasses and that that's apparently an homage to reservoir ducks the film that that's the poster they even do like the blood splatter behind the title card and the font all very similar to that film which uh which is very cool if if you like reservoir dogs anyway don't know anything about the film myself i'm me neither like that we're have you seen Reservoir Dogs, Laurie? Not yet. No. Yeah, we're all, we're all just uncultured youths, but uh, but but apparently that is a thing. Um, that is an homage there. Um, another really interesting thing that I quite liked about this issue was uh, Red Hornet, uh, who is really cool. I love that sort of that Power Ranger design, that armor that they've got going on. 
That was really fun. And like they've got, I don't know, like they've got repulsor blasts. They've got fire, uh, flight. They've got the works. I thought that was really fun. Hundred percent. And I think what's really tragic about it, other than the tragic backstory, is that they never use Red Hornet again after this issue. Like, no, she's just a one and done antagonist and drops off the face of the earth. Yeah, yeah, and that and that's even with like this bit at the end, which hints at more, right? Because like how it ended was like. Uh... She just sent Laura back to her apartment after asking if she wants to do some good. She's like, okay, bye. Yeah. What, what's interesting to me is I'm just noticing, I'm just looking at some of uh, Red Hornet's backstory. And the original Hornet, her dad, uh, died back in Wolverine 23 in 2005. In wow. volume three of Wolverine. Uh, and that, that issue was part of the Enemy of the State arc. And right after this annual, chronologically, I believe, uh, the enemy of the state arc begins for Laura. So maybe that was planned, a little little callback. That's yeah, I think that's really cool. I, I I wonder now if they bring Red Hornet back now that Logan is actually back in the world where where would she take on a more antagonistic role? Would would Melinda here become uh, well, like, because she didn't want to kill him. She just wanted him to go away. Yes. Yeah, but but obviously she's she's much more amicable here. Like, her whole demeanor, like, her whole vibe changes once once she realizes Logan's dead and, like, she doesn't need to worry about that anymore. But he's back now, and he's he's out there doing whatever, being on every team-up on Krakoa. How, how, would, how would Melinda here react to all of that? Would she want to banish... Logan to another dimension again. And let me correct myself. He, he was her uncle, not her father. Of course, yeah, her yeah, uncle yeah. was the original Hornet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That makes sense because because uh, her backstory here is very like it, it emphasizes how much her parents didn't really support her, and it's the contrast with her father and mother with with her uncle that really made the difference here, and why he made such an impact on her. I, I do think that's a really interesting thing about Laura Kinney, though. She doesn't kill, in, at least not in the way that Logan did um, when he was Wolverine. Yes, she she gave up killing. Uh, it was part of her, as part of her main philosophy as all new Wolverine is uh, to be better than what they made her to be. To They made Laura Kinney, the, uh, the facility, Weapon X, to be an assassin, to be an indiscriminate killer who would execute jobs without a problem. And so the hardest thing for her to do, in all honesty, is to not follow that programming, to not be what they made her into. And by becoming the Wolverine and being a, a hero who uh, rebels against that idea, at that notion of killing and, and saves people is a the direct opposite of what she was built to be and sort of the culmination of her journey uh, from her very tortured past. If I remember correctly, wasn't her mother's dying words to her, or at least in the letter that she wrote to her, uh, never be what they made you to be? Uh, I I do know she said something along that to her. Uh, They had very little time together, her mother and and Laura, Uh, but she did, she was able to write uh some letters that she was 
Laura able to read a few years later. Yeah, I've I've always found that super tragic, like how just just how awful it is, uh, the whole situation with her mother and like I haven't read it, but that that, that those couple of pages where she's dying and she's like, "What is my mission?" Because because she was just raised to be a weapon for so long, she doesn't even know how to live past that point back then and then to see her grow and become the sort of full-fledged character we see here is is really something uh yeah if you want to talk tragic backstories uh laura kinney's up there you know with the with the anakin skywalkers and mark grayson's for sure for sure um uh, although, although my only experience with Mark Grayson is, is season one of Invincible, and I think he came out doing doing all right there. Uh, there's nothing more tragic that's going to come down the line. I, I don't know what you mean by any of that. I mean, well, even for sure, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> even though like Mark was broken by his dad, Mark broke his dad's spirit. Yeah, that 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 it's it's not so bad. Um, yeah. Um, right. Okay, uh, back uh, back on track though. Speaking of dads, like, do we want to get to George Stacy? Yeah, I I love the scenes between George and 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 I, I say Gwen, but it's really Laura. But he thinks it's Gwen, and um, like, there's that he's just so overwhelmingly supportive. We don't get a huge amount, I guess, from George Stacy in that era between um, uh, him quitting his job as police captain and then other things happening, which we're going to get to where he is just sort of trying to support Gwen with her secret identity. Um, and yeah, like he's just, he's, he's so nice. And there's that scene where like, like, like he hugs Gwen and I, I don't, I don't know whether this was in the script, if this is something that Takara's has done. Um, but like Gwen just looks super nonplussed by the whole thing. Uh, but, but, but George stays, he's just like, he's just being super supportive and he's holding Gwen and he's saying, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here for you when it's over. Okay. And it's just, it's very wholesome. It's unbearably awkward, but super wholesome. Um, you know, uh, really, really, really nice. Um, and, um, yeah, no, I think the core of, of Gwen's comics is, um, is very much this the fa- uh, father daughter relationship between George and, 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 and herself. And I think, if if a writer can nail that, then you know they're kosher. They can just they can go all the way with, with with it with a good ghost spider comic. And I and I do think that all of the Earth sixty five scenes uh, with that linchpin really work in this issue. And I think it, they work in a way that we don't see from other comic books that have Gwen crossovers because it's usually just Gwen going to like Earth six one six or whatever. But with here, it does also feel very grounded in Earth sixty five in a meaningful way. And, and and a lot of that is done through these uh, through I think the, the really good character work they do with with George Stacy, um, who who is the sort of wholesome constructive father, um, who who isn't d- too mad that Gwen smashes the window. I say Gwen, Laura smashes the window of his car. Yeah, George was like to Laura, "Okay, that happened." Yeah, I have a feeling it's happened before. Possibly, like, and and they hint at that in the comic book that that in coming to terms with. Uh, super strength that Gwen did break a lot of treasured items is the wording I'm looking for it now. Yeah, um, I think she says so. It's like uh, in the Amazing Spider-Man movie when he first gets his powers and he breaks his clock and they breaks his faucet mm. and he can't even get dressed because he's way stronger than he can imagine. So I imagine the immediate switch 
is very jarring. Yeah, like I think sure. most spider people, like when they first discovered their powers, their first thing is just to break stuff. Yes. Yeah. And I do like maybe this is reading into it, but that's what we're here for. So uh, there's a direct contrast drawn between uh, the father daughter relationship between George Stacy and uh, who he thinks is Gwen and between Gen- Gwen throughout all of her series. And then throughout all of Laura Kinney's history, her lack of a father figure from Logan and her the distance between them. And now Logan's gone. Uh, and for her, it that's forever in the Marvel universe. Everyone comes back, of course. But I imagine on a mo- an emotional level, it feels very f- uh, permanent and finite. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm just thinking how Laura would feel how, experiencing this sort of uh, fatherly affection from someone who isn't her father, but who who's giving her affection as if he were. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I think I think that does drive a lot of those panels home because it, it is out of the um, what's it out of the blue. Oh, it's not it's not the norm. I think reading all new Wolverine comics to get a father figure, like you say, it 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 it, 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 it I think it becomes more evident with the context of all of that that this is like you say the the only time that really. Uh, Laura would ever get with a with a father figure now that Logan is is gone, even though he wasn't yeah he wasn't 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 too great before, right? Am I, am I wrong in saying that? No, yeah, he was definitely not the best. If anyone was the closest uh, Laura had to a direct father figure, it was honestly Gambit. Uh, yes, he was the one who cared for her the most when she needed it. Uh, that's not to mean Logan doesn't care. I just think it's it's been shown a lot that Logan's not very good at emotions. or uh, Like Logan's just emotionally upfront. absent? He's very, yeah, he's very emotionally absent and literally absent in a lot of cases. Yeah, 100%, 100%, for sure. Uh, the, the art, I feel like I have to really drive home how much I enjoy Marcio Takara's lines because they're super, super clean in this issue. Like, And uh, Marcio's got a really good sense for facial expressions and there's a really good range of different, very specific moments. Like we've mentioned, like like the, the moments between George Stacy and, and Laura and Gwen's body and and the sort of expressions they make and and, and you mentioned the the physical comedy like the ways they sort of posture and sit and stuff uh the the, the way that that's car really captures that vibe and how awkward it feels for them i guess it's all really 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 good and i, I love it i love it um i don't know what you guys feel about that oh i love seeing marcio takara on art in this book his lines like super super clean and like like you said with the facial expressions he really captures them especially when uh, um Laura and Gwen's body was making that cringe face when uh, she accidentally stabbed her face yes 100% nails that moment does uh, how much should the main, does does Takara work on the main only Wolverine ongoing uh... uh i believe he does yeah he's one of the main artists on it he's got uh Good run of issues, I'm fairly sure, especially uh, at near the beginning. Hey, I love his inking. It's a, it's very uh, uh, impactful, very precise and well placed. Nice, yeah, awesome art, and, and then of course uh, Matt, Matt Lopez and colors as well, uh, doing 
doing good work. I think I think they maybe clash a little bit, but there's not not really much to be uh, be helped with that. With the sort of Spider Gwen Wolverine outfits, are completely different color schemes, but but yeah, not mu- not much that can be done about that, I guess. But yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, lo- love the art in the is- this issue. Something I just while I was thinking about this issue and these characters, uh, and again, this may be overthinking stuff, but that's what I do. So, uh, just Laura Kinney to me is always very much preparing to be hurt. She's been hurt very many times before. She's just getting ready. She's always not really trusting people too much up until all new Wolverine. This is sort of a turning point in uh, Laura's life where she really becomes something other than just a survivor. Uh, She starts creating and being, uh, trying to have a positive impact uh, throughout her life uh, and Gwen on the other hand I feel like she's always afraid that she's going to hurt or she might hurt someone with her actions she's uh, very concerned about everything that's going on around her and rightfully so but she she bears a lot of responsibility with herself much like uh, a lot of the spider people uh, she feels very burdened by uh what may happen and what could happen and what she should do to stop the bad things from happening so that's an interesting comparison i was just thinking of no i I think that's really cool 100 percent. and um i I think yeah particularly gwen's uh moral dilemma is very preoccupied with the extent that she should use her power and and correctly use it without hurting people uh particularly with regards to her origin and and how she hurt and killed Peter and stuff. So, hundred percent that that plays into it well there. And I, I I think it's interesting to contrast it with Laura, who's who's perhaps got a bit more of a constructive approach, like you say, in this era, uh, where where she is trying to. I, I guess she she's very much moving past that trauma. Is that, is that right? Yeah, Gwen is afraid of what could happen, and and Laura has been there. She she knows what has happened. She feels, in my opinion, she's prepared for what could happen because of her experiences, and she knows what to do. Whereas Gwen, she's still a fairly new to this, you know, dangerous life in, in the context. Uh, Laura, her whole life has been on the run and and you know killing people and being forced to do things. Whereas Gwen, it's been two three years. She's had her powers now. Yeah, uh, and it's a very I would say lower intensity on our 65, far, far less density of a superpower people flying around to uh, mess with her. Yeah, I think I think I think less killing overall probably probably helps as well. Yeah, no, I get that. Uh, I I I think the sense like like Laura does, she's not that much older than Gwen, generally speaking. But I thought they were like the same age because Gwen's 19 as of Latour's run. Mm-hmm. And Laura's about early twenties. Uh, yeah. in all new Wolverine. Okay, so not that big of a. Still. Okay, so not that big of an yeah. age gap. Yeah, the, and definitely. Laura never had a chance to be a kid. Yes, uh, she didn't really have a childhood, right? And that impacted her a lot, obviously. Right. So she was forced to mature instantly. But uh, yes, yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah, that was my was my point. Is like that, even though they're sort of in the same age bracket. Um, that that Laura is is a much she's she's gone through more at this point, like you were saying, um, and and that comes over in the book. Like you wouldn't immediately assume that that Laura is the same age as Gwen, with the stuff that she's handled and is handling, 
than what Gwen is Gwen is doing, even even though they are comparative ages. Yeah, um, I th I think that's yeah, it's a really it's it's an interesting contrast between the two. And this is more of a uh, real life uh, counterpoint or contrast, uh, but there there is of course the direct comparison of well Gwen Stacy as Spider Gwen or Ghost Spider is you know in a way a variant of Peter Parker. She started as you know being a subsidiary, uh, and Laura Kinney in the same way is a sort of a descendant from a. Logan from the original Wolverine and in a way they're both overshadowed and in the public eye especially as being a you know sort of maybe not the female version or something but just the different version the another Spider-Man another Wolverine when there's uh when their characters are really supremely different in how they behave and think absolutely yeah yeah and, and also like I, w I wouldn't be mad if Peter Parker and Logan went away. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be upset. I know it sounds harsh, but hundred percent. I I definitely think Logan should have stayed dead. And yeah, I I think it would make sense for Peter. He doesn't really need a solo. I w I would be okay with him popping in in other people's comics when they come to him for help or whatever. But make him a teacher at a college and have him married to MJ. Let's be real, right? Yeah, Peter gets a lot. I mean, even his ongoing, which is like, what? I don't know. It's multiple issues a month, and he gets he gets like what two events? He gets and he gets an event every six months almost. And I think it's gonna become weekly, uh, July or in August. I can't remember the solicits. Yeah. And then there's Sinister War, and it's this whole thing, and it's like, I feel like the comic industry is extremely saturated with Peter Parker and Logan content, even though I think. If you look at the characters, Laura Kinney, if you look at Spider-Man Ghost Spider, there's a lot more to explore and to develop, to characterize with them and their stuff moving forward. They're very much the Batman of Marvel in their own respects. And that I do believe Logan, last I checked, and this was a few years ago, but I imagine the trend stayed the same, has the most appearances of any character in Marvel Comics. Oh, so he's in the most individual comics. And he's a decade you know, younger and, and he was created a decade later than a lot of the big hitters like Spider-Man and the Hulk or whatever. So it, it really does show they do throw him into everything. Yeah. And, and yeah, he, he does an almost like impossible amount of team ups, like it, to, to the point of ridiculousness, like he's in so many of the X books, he get he gets put some non X book teams. He's, he's just, yeah, like you say, he he got stupid amount of appearances for for like well, just one guy. Everybody wants to write Logan for some reason, and you know I I think it's criminal that like characters like Laura Kinney get get underused in comparison to to sort of oversaturate with with these characters get very played out. Like like if you're a Logan stan, are you, are you not are you not overfed? Are you not? Is it is it is it enough? <laughs> Maybe Peter and Logan should take a road trip in space and. Uh... Uh, Gwen and Laura can step up. Right, exactly, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Um, so yeah, I think is that that wrap up of our sort of general thoughts about about the comic. Is that um, like uh, probably before we get to our final thoughts? Well, we actually did get one comment uh, from Twitter. So um, this comment came from uh, Arjan at Dutch Comic Geek. This is 
really an absolute great comic. I don't think they could have found better characters to reverse identities with. Gwen and Laura work great together. This issue has a lot of small moments, plenty of moments to laugh, and the introduction of the Red Hornet. Outstanding work from Tom Taylor, Marcio Zakara, and Matt Lopez. Every part from the Reservoir Dog style cover to the final panel with a cheering Gabby is awesome. Yeah, that's great. Thank, thanks, Ajin. That's Yeah, uh, 100% I agree. Uh, it, it's a really, really solid comic. And yeah, it's, it, it's, it's very consistently, consistently good. I, I, and I also appreciate our Twitter interactions as well. Uh, no, we, we really do appreciate the letters, uh, everyone. Uh, if, if, if you do want to tweet us, if you do want to email in, if you do, we even put a Reddit thread up on our Spider Gwen every week. If you prefer to comment on those sorts of things, um, that sort of stuff, we really, really appreciate that. Uh, people like Arjun uh, tweeting in, that's, that's really great. Um, yeah. So, um, do, do we want to wrap up with concluding thoughts? And, and we'll, um, yeah, is that? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think I've, I think I've sort of given just then, um, <laughs> my concluding thoughts that I didn't think about. Um, I think I'll chime in with, uh, Gwen and Laura's banter. Like, remember the part when they were trying to teach each other how to use their powers? Laura's telling Gwen how to use, um, her advanced sense of uh, smell and sight but Gwen thinks uh, she feels stupid uh, by doing that and then when Laura tries to use uh, Gwen's uh, spider strength she just breaks everything yeah yeah and to take a page from a tv or uh, anime this is very much you know a a filler issue there's not much going on here because that's usually what annuals are it's a it's mainly just an idea and seeing how much fun they can have with it and i recommend if you do enjoy uh this issue and you haven't read other lore king uh content all new wolverine is a great place you can start with if you just want to read that it's a it's a lot more light lighthearted and upbeat than her other uh solos i will say so if you're going to go into the backlog, uh, be prepared for it's 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 a depressing story uh, with uh, her past solos, as in X twenty three and uh, X Force Volume three, New X Men. Those are some good places to start and get some substantiary content uh, uh, if you want to further read. But yeah, this issue is a very fun break. Hundred percent. Yeah. No, I I I love Laura Kinney. Uh, she's great. And uh, yeah, so, uh, seconded like my introduction. Uh, my introduction to this character was all new Wolverine. Uh, yeah, and I've I've gone back and read some stuff in it. It is dark here, but 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 yeah, hundred percent, really really cool run. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, do do give that a read. Um, and yeah, is that is that is that all? Is that is that everyone's a... like more Laura Kinney is always good. Remember her Venomized version from Edge of Venom verse number one four years ago. Yes enjoyed that very much very cool rosenberg that was great and then recently with uh the infinity warps event even though it wasn't laura kinney per se it was half of her because she was fused with scarlet witch to become weapon hex wait what wait what's that in like uh, it was two years ago uh the event infinity warps basically what? like gamora folded the universe in half and some characters got fused with each other. 
Oh, I'm looking that up. I'm going to read that after this. But um, yeah, that sounds very cool. All right. So is that is that wrap up all? Is that all of them? Yeah. Uh, I don't believe there's anything directly on the horizon for uh, Gwen, sadly. Uh, but uh, do keep a lookout for uh, the relaunch of X Men. Uh, Laura Kinney is going to be uh, on the main team. Uh, so that should, or I hopefully, be uh, very good. Hundred percent, yeah. Uh, I was looking at that. It it's it, very much a a, a cool looking X Men lineup with with Laura Kinney on there particularly. Although I will say this, both of these characters absolutely deserve solo ongoings, and it's criminal they don't have them. Um, uh, even even with Laura Kinney's appearance on the X Men, um, I I do think that she should get she get an ongoing anyway. <laughs> if Logan can appear in all those teams. Absolutely. Logan has like four right now. I want to chime in like to our listeners out there that um, we're filming this on a Monday. So by the time this airs, Marvel would have already announced their big news uh, when this drops. So like, oh, yeah, we're just hoping. That's a good point. I didn't I didn't consider that. Yeah, I, I do believe uh, there's going to be a, a Gabby and Deadpool book. Yes. Right? Uh, Deadpool, White, Red and Blood. White, red, and blue. Yeah, Gabby's gonna make an appearance, which should be fun because they've got a great friendship going on. Yeah, Uh, yeah, that looks cool. Number one is being written. Yeah, and it's the same person, same writer, Tom Taylor, as as what we've read today. Uh, And that, yeah, I've got that pre-ordered. I think I got. I'm gonna have it in my pull list anyway. I I don't know about the rest of that, but I 100% Gabby Kinney and Deadpool. You might not expect it. Super wholesome. Super cool. Um, team up between the two of them. Always loved it when when they appeared together in Only Wolverine. But yeah, okay, that's definitely all of our thoughts now, right? I'm good. Yeah, we yeah. got we got we got any um shoutouts, uh, Laurie. Got you got anything you anything anything else you wanted to in terms of like like your Twitter account? Uh, your uh, got... I'm on Twitter, and right now I'm currently not doing too much. Uh, but you can follow me there. I love to talk about comic books and stuff. I'm hoping this summer I'll be able to put out some uh, creative content. So if you want to follow and keep a lookout for that, uh, keep an eye out. And I may make another co- uh, podcast appearance in the next few weeks. So look out yes. for that, too. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. It's at Laura's Lesbian, right? That's the right. That's the one. <laughs> that's the one. Yep, that's the one. And uh, yeah, no, I saw, I saw that as well. You're doing like the podcast rounds because this omnibus is coming out, right? Yeah, uh, I I've been approached by two people and they're like, "Hey, you're the Laura person." I'm like, "I am, I am indeed the Laura person." You're uh, the Laura person. I, I, I think... stole her name, I, uh, I... so <laughs> you know, it, I I love talking about this character. So I'm always uh, welcome to talk about comic books whenever. Awesome, awesome. No, thank you so much. I really do appreciate it. Uh, taking time out your very busy schedule uh, to put was uh, because, like you say, you are the Laura Kinney ultimate stand um but yeah you're welcome back on the show anytime laura for sure thank you thank you yeah um so okay uh setting up next week uh we are okay we, we've been kind of building to it for a couple of weeks now but we're doing spider women which is such a huge event huge crossover right for gwen uh it's got jessica drew spider woman it's got cindy moon silk and they team up with gwen and we finally get to see uh i say silk but i mean s.i.l dot k dot the 
sort of organization they've been hinting at in the main run. Uh, we're going to see Earth 65 versions of a bunch of interesting characters. We're going to get Cindy and Doc Ark and Scorpion and, and even the Super Adaptoid. Uh, uh, all these interesting characters from Earth 65 is eight issues. Um, we're covering like three different titles in it. Um, and it's got a whole new status quo for Gwen. Like the reason we've been doing this issue uh, and, and the previous one, Spider Gwen Annual, is because they are so far removed from the new status quo we're about to go into with the new run that we just sort of wanted to get them out, done and out of the way because they're just that different. And all the stuff which sort of happens in it is, is very far removed from what's about to happen. And yeah, there's so many creators on this, super cool people like Robbie Thompson uh, and Dennis Hallam. I think he's, he is Hallam now. He used to be Hopeless. Um, there's also really cool art by uh, Vanessa Del Rey, Bengal, Tana Ford, Joel Jones, Nico Leon. Super cool people. And I'm I'm very, very excited to say we will be having Saren and Ray from the To Know Her Is To Fear Her podcast. They do the Spider-Woman podcast. Very cool people. Much cooler than us. And they, they uh, time zones permitting, uh, we will be having them join us. Uh, and that will be a blast. This is going to be probably our biggest episode that we do for this phone run. The Spider-Women party. Yeah, it's going to be so good. I'm, I'm, I'm legit pumped for it. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it's going to be at uh, interesting hours of the day. But yeah, um, really looking forward to it. Um, we're going to put all the links in the description where to buy and read. So as the reading list, comicsology stuff, so you know what to order and all of that. Also, you know, if you've got thoughts on Spider-Women, or or better yet, go read Spider-Women, and then have thoughts on it, and then send them to us, and then we can discuss what you think with Saren and Ray on the podcast. Follow us on, at GS Groupies, and you can tweet us on there, or you can email us at ghostspidergroupies at gmail.com, or like I said, we even have a Reddit thread on our Spider-Gwen. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be a big one. I'm pumped. I hope you're pumped. Um, I'm, I'm, I've gotten really excited about it. It's 1 a.m. I'm slowly losing my mind. Um, <laughs> but it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. It's been really great. Thank you, Laura. One last uh, promo for me not to uh, be Marvel spokesperson, but oh, if you do like uh, Gwen and you do like Spider Women, please go check out Silk Solo series and her yes. currently running ongoing. Support that. Yes. Show Marvel, hey, we want more of this. Hopefully, our money will speak. Uh, that's all. Yeah, no, no, that's a really good point. Uh, the current Sulk run. Uh, is, it, is it Maureen? Maureen? Yeah, Maureen Gu and Takeshi Miyazawa. That's, yes, that creates a team. And yeah, uh, they're, they're really, really cool. And they're doing really, really, really good stuff with Sulk. It's only a mini series, isn't it? It's a tragedy. Yeah, five issues. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, they're, they're doing that. And that's very, very cool. Um, so yeah, that's that's another really interesting to follow, and that's going on right now. Um, but yeah, I think that wraps up everything. We're going on fifty minutes, and yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Laura. Thank you, Abigail. Thank you, everybody, for listening. See you next week. See you, everyone. All right, bye, bye.